One of my favorite parts of teaching is that teaching is an art. Each classroom teacher brings his or herself to the classroom, capturing a love of learning for each group of students and bringing joy and engagement to the process. This uniqueness makes us all different and relatable to different students each year. It also inspires new ways of thinking and learning in the classroom. Just like each of our students brings their own unique perspectives to the classroom, our teachers bring a unique perspective to the staff as a whole. I recently started a new position in a new school across town. This year, my position is an intervention specialist in an elementary school. In this position, I will be working with teachers to help plan and implement interventions and track progress of students who might be struggling academically. It is my first time out of the classroom. It has been extremely strange starting the school year without my own group of students. So far this year has been a year of change, growth, and learning for me. And I know this is only the beginning. <laughs> One thing I have been thinking about a lot is the importance of building relationships with the staff in order to become part of the existing community. Not only do I want to get to know the staff personally, but also professionally to understand the perspectives they bring to our profession. In my new position, one of my roles is to lead the staff through data days. This is a time to sit down with each team and collaborate on student data and plan for intervention groups collectively. Our first data day was planned three weeks into the year. To prepare for our first data day, I was very intentional in creating norms and an agenda for our time together. I woke up early that morning and was so excited to work through the agenda with each team. I remember I grabbed a coffee on my way to school and couldn't wait to sit down with the first group. To my surprise, the day did not go as planned. Just like our students, each group of teachers were unique and in a very different place than I had anticipated. I froze momentarily and had to toss my agenda for the day, feeling, feeling out each team as individuals instead. In the end, it was important for me to listen and learn, and learn about them as a team before jumping into a plan for the day. We're about to hold our second data day. It is my hope that I will be more prepared this time when I sit down with each of the team of teachers. I have had the opportunity to get to know more of the staff and have also been able to see them teaching and spending time with students. This time, I'm also sending out a survey to see how I can meet the teacher's needs as I sit down to plan the day and make sure we are successful in moving forward together. My new role has brought many new learning opportunities for me, and I know it will continue to do so. However, just like my students in the past have brought me learning opportunities, the teachers I'm able to spend time with and work with, I know will do the same. Education is not a one-size-fits-all profession, and I have no doubt that by slowing down and meeting each educator where they most need support and directly hearing their perspectives and needs will help me to be able to help our school and students as a whole this year.
Welcome to our latest edition of our TWIG podcast. Remember, TWIG stands for Teaching Writers Inquiry Group. Um, we met on September 28th and we talked about how can we develop an understanding of other people's perspectives to build our, a community. Um, today, the story you just heard was from Maddie Johnson. She is the intervention specialist at White Pine Elementary School, which is a K through sixth grade um, school in the Boise School District. Maddie, welcome. Thank you, Patty. It's good to be here. So interesting. When when I was listening to um, this change, this uh, being out of the classroom and how different that is for you. I, um, having known you for a long time, I can't even imagine you not in your fifth grade classroom. How are you feeling? You know, it was really weird. The first, I would say, month, I kept thinking, I'm going to meet my students. I'm going to meet my students. And we just haven't started yet. And um, it was really hard to adjust to almost having an office instead of a classroom. And um just not having that group of kids that you spend hours and hours with every day together. You know, that reminds me while you, when you were um, talking about your first experience in the data days and um, how it didn't necessarily go as planned. How is that different than have you ever had lessons when you were teaching um, that didn't go as planned? How is that different now in this position rather than in the classroom? Hmm. Um, you know, I think with kids, I just am not as intimidated to mess up <laughs> in front of them. Um, whereas with adults, it feels like a lot more pressure to make a mistake and it, that shouldn't be the case, right? I mean, we should have be able to be vulnerable and make mistakes in front of each other. But I think as adults, we... Um, kind of strive to not do those things in front of each other. Whereas with my students, I was constantly modeling making mistakes and laughing at my mistakes with them and moving forward. And so um, the comfort level was there with my students that I just don't have yet. And hopefully I will gain um, with adults. Well, I noticed when you were um, talking about it, though, exactly what you've just said is seems to be exactly the same, um, the same thing that you're trying to do now. You know, you, you knew that it didn't go well. You kind of acknowledge that. You toss the agenda and, um, and then you started listening to the teachers and getting to know them individually. And then this time it seems like you've kind of done a little bit of thinking of them, not just individually, but as a, um, as a team. And it sounded like what I heard you say is that teachers, when they start to work together, kind of develop a team identity. Um, and that sounded like it kind of surprised you. Is that, is that kind of what you noticed? Yeah, I definitely think that. I think there are so many similarities that we see in our classrooms that happen with adults around us as well. And for some reason, there's this disconnect of, for me anyway, that kids are going to be different than adults when 
they're just younger versions of us, right? Um, and so I think when you're working with people, yeah, you do have to anticipate change and um, that each group is going to be different. And for whatever reason, I just, it didn't hit me that way. <laughs> well, and it reminds me a lot of, um, you know, like even every year, I'm always shocked that each group of kids, when they come together, you know, the, the last year teachers could say, oh, this was, you know, the blankest group, add any word in there. And then when we get them there, it's, you know, we switch them all up and they are in a different, um, you know, depending on who's with them, how it changes the dynamic. And also I think, you know, like each group of teachers set up how the culture that they want um, the students to have within that grade, right? That grade level. What I'm thinking, Maddie, is that when you meet with um, your team for the second data days, I feel like you know them better. And it made me realize how much knowing the members of a group is important before that community building can even really start to begin. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that's where I really needed to take a step back. I was so excited about the new position. I was excited to look at data and jump right into the work. Um, but I hadn't taken the time to get to know each of the staff members, right? We were three weeks into the school year. I still don't know them to the degree that I will know them, right? And want to know them. Um, but every every time we take that chance to get to know our kids or get to know someone, then we're always going to have more success when we sit down to work professionally, I believe. So, yeah, I think that that's very important. And I also thought that the addition of a survey prior to having those meetings gives you a little chance to to kind of gather your thoughts as you're looking through those surveys to kind of use that to to build um, some activities or questions or data points or anything else that you're going to use to be successful. I really hope that your next data day is really successful. Yeah, I hope so too. And I also hope that the teachers kind of feel ownership over it as well, because really it's not just for me, right, that we're doing this. Um, it benefits all of us as a whole school to come together. And so I really hope that the teachers feel that they have control over their own day-to-day -day and what they need and are really able to get um, that time to to do this hard work because as teachers, we don't have time to sit down and always really look at things closely because we're just jumping to the next thing one after another. So I hope that they also feel that ownership. Well, and I, it's important to acknowledge the fact that you're starting this new position um, being in, you know, even though the pandemic, the pandemic is still with us. Um, the teachers are still feeling the, the, the weight of having, you know, students being gone for sicknesses and quarantines and things like that. And then you have the masks. So 
a healthy attitude to really kind of um, to show them grace that, but, but at the same time, you, you're just trying to do the work that's important for them and for students. So I think it's super awesome. I wish um, every school had someone like you at there to kind of help help us kind of triangulate some of this information and data and and just kind of good teaching practices. Yeah, a built-in thinking partner, right? Right. That <laughs> That's what amazing. I hope I become. Yes. <laughs> That's my goal. So when as we kind of go into that, I'm really wondering about this difference between a classroom with students and how a school has teachers, right? And how teachers, you even mentioned earlier, are a little bit more isolated sometimes within their classroom walls. I mean, we might see other teachers, you know, grabbing coffee or, you know, really quick at lunch or in passing, but we build classroom norms because those students are in the same class, you know, all together. How do you see building a community in a school different than that? Not, not just the school you're in, but, but any school from what you've seen in your experience. Well, I've definitely noticed the difference in my position more than I did as a classroom teacher. I think as a classroom teacher, there are structures and um, strategies that we all collectively talk about, right? And so even if we're in the lunchroom, we can talk together and, you know, there's a strategy that both you and I did and we chat about it and talk about how it went. And, you know, let's say it was a Socratic seminar and sharing those results and kind of coming together with it is one thing, but it's so been so interesting to see how a Socratic seminar might look so different in let's say one third grade room to the next third grade room, right? Because as teachers, we really do bring ourselves. And so that just brings a whole nother layer that I think as a community of teachers, we don't get to see from each other. Um, if we got to go in and peek at each other's Socratic seminars, I think we would all learn so much from each other and the different ways that we ran those situations or those strategies. Um, but because we don't get to see that, just like in a classroom, kids would get to see and hear those conversations modeled for them. Um, I think we really miss out on a lot as teachers. I would agree. Like there's people, you know, you hear that they're, they're doing wonderful things in their classroom, but you don't really know what or how or why or when <laughs> and and sometimes some of those things those are the most powerful experiences that I've had is being able to watch other people um, do their lessons but it also has taken some shaping in my own mind to say okay I can't I am not going to duplicate what they're doing I'm going to watch admire um, appreciate ask questions and then run it through and see how I feel about that a little bit. And if it's something that I want to tweak and try to do myself, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and we were talking in our meeting um, at Twig last week about identity. 
And you really nailed it that I think we don't seem to appreciate how much a teacher brings their identity into the classroom with them intentionally or non-intentionally, but how it affects the lessons that, um, or even the way you present a lesson, right? Right. So what would you say you're noticing now that you're getting to see lots of different, you know, I mean, it just seems like a really cool vantage point. You don't, you're not evaluating. You're just getting to watch how, how amazing is that? I mean, I feel very lucky being able to do that because I am learning so much more from it. I think it's been such a great experience for me to see, um, just how much someone's personality or like you said, identity really plays a key role in their relationships with their students, the way that information is taught or presented. Um, I think also the, just the reactions on students' faces or the dialogue um, that comes after that, that, you know, mini lesson or presentation from a teacher is just so drastically different and, um, I love that each teacher is allowed that identity, right? Because if we were not, I think we wouldn't get the, um, gosh, I don't know, the realness, the emotions from the kids and them being just as passionate about their learning as they become, right? Um, if we were kind of robotic and all had to do the same thing. So it's been really fun to to not only get to know the teachers personally, but be able to walk into their classrooms and see their personalities shining through in their classrooms. That sounds lovely. I think I, I noticed that when I'm um, working with interns um, and teacher, student teacher candidates as well, and just getting to see from the beginning of the year to the growth in their students, you know, and, and even as their community, their classroom communities build, um, I think you're going to really notice some really cool things happening. And I can't wait to talk to you about those later on. Um, as we're um, thinking about the things that we've been discussing in TWIG, uh, last week we had a discussion about creating a culture of argument. And I'm wondering if there's any of those principles that we kind of discussed about how we do that in our individual classrooms that might be things that would help um, school communities when working with teachers. Is there any principles that we could um, flesh out a little bit that, that might help us in creating those communities, those professional learning communities? Yeah, I mean, I almost feel like we could go through our anchor charts that we created with kids and replicate them with teachers, right? Um, gosh, setting norms as a group, I think, is something that's so important. And as adults, we often in meetings kind of skip over just because we're in a hurry and have to want to get to the meat of the meeting, right? And so I think just setting those norms um, would be a good place to start. I also just think about being within those norms, an active listener. I know I've learned so much more from listening this year than speaking. <laughs> um, and so 
having that um, be a norm, but also something that we really truly practice as adults each time we come together, I could see being very beneficial. I think you're 100% um, right in that. And I would love to see, um, like we've done with TWIG, I'm really finding the benefit of revising those norms, um, you know, based on how the meeting goes. I mean, I, I still am slammed by the fact that I never thought to revise my norms from the beginning of the year. Like, I just thought this is set up. This is something I do at the beginning of the school year, and this is the way it's going to stay. And I think that's even true of staffs. When you have new teachers come in, it changes with every new identity. So doesn't it make sense that we would revise those norms? Yeah. Well, and even through day-to-days, there were a couple of times that different teachers would reference the norms that we had set or that I guess I had set initially. Um And it was so, I mean, as the teacher in the room, right, kind of at that time, it was um, so nice to go, oh, my goodness, I'm so thankful that this person is going back to the norms because I had forgotten about them. And just them reminding me of, oh, I'm so sorry I wasn't present for that moment. Can we back up and, you know, repeat this conversation a little bit was such a refreshing way to, to think about the norms as well and really know that having them there was purposeful and guiding us in their, on the right path. If you had um, some advice for teachers that are maybe feeling um, really overwhelmed with the way things are right now with the pandemic and everything else and something that they could just kind of take with them, tuck in their back pocket about, how, what would you suggest that to get them through? What are the things they need to remember right now? Oh my goodness. I mean, I would just say, ask for help. I think that there are people there that are willing to help and want to help and um, not to be afraid to ask for help. I think it's sometimes it's, you know, it's intimidating to ask for help or you feel like maybe you failed in asking for help and, Um, we all need each other right now. I mean, we're closing our doors because of the pandemic and we are a little more isolated. We don't have as close of contact, I think, as we once had in the building, but everyone's still there and everyone is still so willing to help and make your day brighter. And so I think just asking would be a great place to start. I think that's wonderful. I, 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 with that, I really want to leave with that message of, you guys, it's okay for us to ask for help, educators. We need (laughs) each other. We expect our children and our students to ask us for help all the time. We need need to band together. Please, please take that as our message today. Maddie, it has been a pleasure to visit with you today. I want to remind everybody that um, Tuesday for Tuesdays with TWIG, we are going to have our next meeting on October 12th. um, And we're going to be talking about the question, how can we explore other perspectives to develop our own claims? So we're going to be working through that um, argument writing and really talking about how to make a claim. Um, If you are interested in our group, 
You can find out more on twig.fun. Remember, we are on social media on Facebook. We have an Instagram. We have um, a, a blog. And we have this podcast. And you can um, access those all from twig.fun. Maddie, have a wonderful fall. <laughs> you too. I know it's so Wait. fun. The season's changing and I it is wonderful. It's the I mean it's like okay, we made it through the beginning of the school year and now we're getting into the meat and potatoes where we're trying to really learn about, you know, the people in our buildings, whether they be little people or grown-up people. <laughs> And, you know, we're really trying to build those communities in each and every school across our, in our city, in our state, every state, you know, this is what teachers are doing throughout the world. So I think um, this is really relevant for what's happening today. So thank you for meeting with us today and you have a great evening. All right. Have a good one, Patty. Thank you. I would also like to thank Jody Braun, who is our sound man and our producer, and he is the one who cuts all of this and makes it sound wonderful. Thank you, Jody.